Hello, beloveds. Welcome back to the Heaven on Earth podcast with your host, that is me, Adina Hammer. And yeah, it's been a hot minute since I've shared and I've been an expression with you guys. Um, and it's been, you know, just an interesting wrap up to 2020 and a really beautiful transition into new spaces of myself and my creatorship and my life. Um, and it feels really, really, really good to be back on here, um, and sharing my heart with you guys and, um, have the intention, uh, to continue with these podcasts regularly, weekly, because they're a space where it feels so alive. The artistic expression of podcasting is so real and alive for me. And I have a deep commitment to myself for 2021 in allowing me to simply spend more time and invest more energy into the places that bring me joy. And this podcast is certainly one of them. So ah, it feels great to be back. Today's episode is a deep dive and a gift from my life and my heart to all of you. I am bringing on my partner, Michael Aubrey. Um, and in this episode, we have the intention to just give you a look behind the scenes of relationship and our version of love and our version of conscious relationship. And we really hope that you leave with value and uh, nuggets and maybe even practices that you can take into your relationship with yourself and your relationship with other. And before we dive in, if you aren't already familiar with the Rose Code Collective, I want to share about it because um, this space is continuing to blossom and grow. So the Rose Code Collective is an online temple, mystery school, and community for awakened female leaders. I created this space to give the gifts of the art of femininity, the art of being an embodied woman, um, those who are here to be leaders and stewards for heaven on earth, the women that want to be a part of that and the women that want to have community for that. I created this space so that there was an accessible way to be a part of that work. So if you're not ready to, let's say, work with, you know, invest in a big program or, you know, work with a mentor that's thousands of dollars, I wanted there to be a space where women could come, they could gather, not only receive the deep personal transformation work of being in the feminine mysteries and arts, but also practice those things among other women who are doing that deep work. That's why I created the Rose Code Collective. So we're currently open, open for enrollment, open to welcome new ladies in every single week. We have new events being facilitated to support things such as your leadership, your um, embodiment, your sacred sensuality, sexuality, your creativity, your art, your facilitatorship, if you are a transformational facilitator, um, all kinds of things. So if you're feeling a call to join us, you can check out the link in the show notes and we would absolutely love, love, love to have you. So without further ado, let's dive into the share from my beloved and I. Enjoy. Mm. All right, my loves. Thank you for being here with us today. Uh, so I'm sitting here with my beloved, Michael. I'm super grateful that you're here with me today and that you said yes to sitting down to 
create this art and create this expression with me. I know it's kind of an edge for both of us. Um, but thank you for being here. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Grateful to be here. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> You're feeling nervous at all? I'm feeling really grateful to be in the space and uh, to share. Mm. And <laughs> yeah, that's good. Feels good. It definitely feels. <clears throat> I don't know. For me, it feels edgy. I, I shared about this on my my stories the other day. It feels edgy for me because. There's this interesting line where, you know, with what, I mean, both of us. So let me just, let me first take a moment to introduce Michael. Um, for those of you who are listening to this, you've probably seen him popping up on my stories and that we've been spending a lot of time together here in Asheville. Um, but Michael is not just my beloved. He's a sovereign human being and is fucking brilliant and um, just a really incredible light, a really incredible lighthouse on this planet. So Michael's an artist. He's a visual artist, a painter. Um, and I, I feel like I don't want to put you in the box of just painter though. You are a painter and you are, a, you know, you use the medium of painting to express these beautiful transmissions that come through your being. Um, just a, a creator of like these really potent, they just feel so close to source, like source frequency messages, and you use art as your medium to express that. Absolutely. That's really what it's about, is expressing the source radiance of our beings, and that comes through various channels, one of the most powerful being uh, original paintings on canvas. Mm. Yeah. So if you guys yeah. haven't checked him out via through through seeing my stuff, um, you can, we'll, we'll talk more about your stuff at the end, but... Go, go stalk him on Instagram at Michael Aubrey, M-Y-K-A-L, Aubrey Art on Instagram. It's pretty phenomenal. Um, so that being said, Michael is an artist and creator, and I'm an artist and creator as well, but in my own way. Um, and what I was saying that's so interesting and why this feels edgy is because, you know, as someone who creates content in several different forms, um, with the basis to, you know, put my heart into something tangible that can then inspire others and to feel moved and affected and inspired to express that level of frequency and of, um, you know, inspiration and connection within themselves. And so as an artist, as you know, what we create is like very intimate, near and dear to the heart. It's very personal it's not an impersonal, you know, showcase of art. It's a very personal experience that then comes out into form. Um, and it's just interesting for me because my themes are about, you know, personal growth and, you know, healing and personal transformation. And, you know, there's a full spectrum of topics within that. But that means that sometimes I get to share really um, intimate behind the scenes, like experiences and details of my life. Um so this podcast feels a little edgy for me because I've kept, you know, we've we've been connecting for almost a year now. We started almost, connecting yeah. last March, yeah. yeah. Um, and it hasn't been until very recently that um, I've even really shared that I've been in connection with someone. So it feels good to be sharing about our experience over the last year and everything that we have learned um, and also feels like an edge for me as well to be, you know, just kind of peeling the veil back a little bit. Um, 
Yeah. And I'd, I'd love to just hear your intentions for, you know, what it is that you want to express today. And I'll keep mine really simple is just that I think it's really important that people get a, people get real conversations in a time and space when, you know, everyone's intimate life is right about, right at our fingertips. And we put so much of our life on the like social media platforms. I think it's important that there's content being created that's authentic and is real and is a behind the scenes look of what our processes actually fucking look like, of what our relationships actually look like. Um, uh, especially from those who are devoted to being better every day. So my intention is to just share about our experience and just let you guys in. Cause I think that we have some really valuable um, nuggets to share around relationship and love and all of the things. Well, for me, it's really about being open and yeah, being honest and authentic and being of support and sharing my own experience and my, my sharings with you. And, and it really is like the art of it. Mm-hmm. And just like creating a painting or any piece of artwork, it's a process. And it's a constant shifting and morphing and refining and uh, really being in the journey of it in the moment Mm -hmm. in the flow of it and really for me it's like really opening up and not being so attached to the outcome although there's a vision you know and i'm really really equating this to the paintings that i create it's a very strong vision for it and it's surrendering to the moment and the flow and that's where mm-hmm. really the joy is that's where the surprises come in mm-hmm. that's where like the powerful flow of synchronicity and magic um becomes i feel like more uh more present you know as become yeah. more available to that so uh mm-hmm. yeah looking forward to sharing our experience and like some of my experience in our connection and how that's the how the journey has been flowing yeah I love what you just shared with that because, well, first I think that we, there's probably some kind of like program or transmission around just the artistic process that we could really jam on together. Um, and just the experience from start to finish from the conception point of an an idea to the whole transformational journey of being an artist and birthing a piece of art. That's Um, a whole, that's a whole other thing. But in, you know, comparing that to the journey of relating and relationship, um, I feel like with what you just shared, I totally got my ass kicked in this connection in terms of having an, not an expectation, but it's a, it's an interesting line to ride because I've, I've had experience on both ends of the spectrum of having such high vision and like detailed expectation and intention for a relationship for what I wanted. You know, I've been married before and that looks a certain way and, you know, really specific. And then I went all the way over to the other end of like in the moments, meeting each other in a moment to moment desire, no agreements, like totally polyamorous, like you know, basically a lack of intention other than to meet each other in a moment. And I feel like this has been an interesting meeting point on an energetic level of how do we marry a certain level of intention and depth of devotion 
because that's like a, a value that we both have so deeply is the value of devotion. It's so potent um, and essential to who we both are. How do we marry that with the surrender and willingness to not have any agenda at the same time, which is kind of a hard and tricky place to be. And I've found myself, you know, kind of a little bit of an on a roller coaster of like, you know, how do I let myself surrender without going into the shadow of, okay, I don't care, you know, and, and then how do I also stay erect with my intention for this relationship without placing boundaries or walls around it that constricts the expression of love that actually wants to emerge through the connection. Um, so that, that's probably been, you know, as we start to dive in, that's probably been one of the biggest lessons for me or, or training grounds for me in our connection is how do I hold my heart and the standards, the desires, the values that I have so deeply while also meeting you in every moment in a space of like complete fucking surrender and openness. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This relationship's definitely made made me a better artist in that way as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm. So I feel like There's so many different directions that we can go in for this podcast and, you know, in terms of where to start. Um, I would love to share a little bit more on what I was just speaking on a bit later in the podcast and even just some of the recent decisions and conclusions that we've come to um, in order to honor that space. I would actually love to start with, though, a little bit about our story, because I feel like for those listening who like love me and love my content and my space, like it would probably just feel really good to give some background context to how we came into partnership. Um, I mean, you're living in a place that you never expected that you would be living. You okay? I didn't even. I didn't even know. <laughs> beyond that. I didn't even know Asheville existed. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty magical how we came into union. Um, And yeah, I would love to share the story. Yeah, let's dive in. Yeah. Um, Well, perhaps I'll start since then. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because you were the one that initiated this. So to give some context, um, I... I was very single at the time. I was living here in Asheville. um, And... Yeah, like, I I didn't really have any men on my radar. I wasn't, like, I mean, I was doing a little bit of online dating, but this this is going to be good because it's going to hit a lot of people's questions around, like, the online dating space and, like, how to meet people and all that kind of thing. So, yeah. um, All right, go ahead. So, so we met on Facebook, and this is (laughs) 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 uh, how it unfolded was, you know, for me, like, I wasn't in in any kind of relationship at the time and I somehow we were friends on Facebook yeah and I saw one of your posts and it was about wealth like it was like a really for me it was really beautiful like wealth activation that's something that's really deeply um, important for me and has been a focus of mine to in a sense reclaim the inherent wealth of my own being through the allowing and receiving and opening to financial resources. So when I saw your post, it was, it, I just felt that resonance with what you shared 
and simply reached out and uh, expressed appreciation and gratitude for what you shared and the fact that it, it was resonant with me. Mm-hmm. And, and then you responded with the voice message. And, and we yeah. both felt like I felt, even when your response, I felt like, oh, I wanted to like share more about the topic of money and wealth. Mm-hmm. And because I just, I love like, I love conversations around it and that, that mm-hmm. activating energy. So I was all up for like just, yeah, sharing about it. Um, I want to pinpoint with that, mm-hmm. like, um, that there was a recognition point of resonance prior to sexual attraction or the filter of would this person be a good date for me or whatnot. So, cause I, I want to like kind of, hit some of these questions around online dating and whatnot. I was online dating at the time. I was on Tinder. I was on Hinge. It was, I was going on dates. Um, and what's interesting about that is like, there's this filter of like looking for someone, you know? And what was interesting is Michael, I couldn't have met Michael on those platforms because he was literally on the other side of the country. He was in LA, like literally as far away from me that he could possibly be. And I wasn't on those platforms. And you weren't on that platform, (laughs) but I'm just saying like, there was, there was this interesting, um, experience of like, I don't think that online dating platforms are not to be used. I've used them. I've, you know, even in moments before we actually came into physical partnership, even after I met you, I was using them. Um, and I actually met one of my previous partners on Tinder. That was an incredible relationship. Um, but the point is that we had an appointment to meet each other. And we met each other, period. And that's the point, exactly. Yeah, we met each other, period. And it was just around us being open and available and receptive to that level of resonance with, you know, whoever was that next match, you know, as our our romantic reflection and romantic mirror. Um, But for you, that initial recognition point had nothing to do with... Anything romantic. Anything romantic or sexual. It was like a frequency resonance. Right. Yeah. Through the channel of wealth. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, for me, like, I had no sense of, you know, an attraction towards you at all. And it was simply just that, that was the door. Wait, so you're telling me when you saw my profile picture, you didn't think I was <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I'm fishing. Saying, yeah, that wasn't, yeah. It wasn't my focus. I'm, what I'm saying with that is, like, that wasn't my intention. Yeah. You know that, for, for connecting. Yeah. Yeah, no, I felt that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... And I, I feel like honestly, like that—that's a key element as well, is that there was no agenda around it. Right. It was just an honest and true desire to connect on the level of, of finances and, and wealth building, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. And so we both felt that desire to like you know connect mm-hmm. on a call and just share about it more and just connect. Yeah. And uh, and we had a video call and felt. I felt like. Uh, I felt that that spark or soul um, kind of ignition of like connection mm-hmm. within myself, and I felt the desire to yeah to continue connecting with you. Yeah. And even then, there was no it was it was always it was for me like always open in terms of like no it still wasn't an agenda. It was just like I recognized like what I felt in mm-hmm. my body in my energy when connecting with you, and I realized like possibility of lovers, but Again, it wasn't any kind of like directed like agenda yeah. at all. I would be curious in your perspective of like um, 
because something that we hear so much in the conversation of what, you know, the, all this content being created around polarity, sexual polarity, you know, a man's role in conscious relationship, a woman's role. And like, I feel like a lot of that is serving us to a degree. And I feel like a lot of us, a lot of it is really harming us because it's putting more rules and more expectations and more things in our our brains and not allowing us to actually meet what's real in the moment. So it's like a little bit of both and. Um, but one of the things that is really um I would say potently or heavily expressed is that a man needs to have intention, direction, and to pursue and to like intentionally pursue the woman that he's in connection with. And it's interesting because I like actually I felt that from you like on an energetic level Hmm. in certain areas, but there wasn't like an agenda for you at the same time. So I would just be curious like if you have anything that you feel inspired to share around that or. Yeah, I mean, I could share my experience of that where it was a desire to connect with you and share and like open to life. Like always, I'm always open to life, open to what's, you know, what inspirations are alive in me to act on. And that's with everything. But specifically in our connection, that was a lot for me as well, like this desire to connect mm-hmm. with you, to share, but without having any specific agenda in mind of like a relationship or even lovership or anything like that. Yeah. And uh, so it was like this, I remember feeling very distinctly this um, space or this energy of, or I guess a focus of, having the intention, the desire to connect with you and to maintain that connection. And then yeah. we ended up, you know, we continued to talk on the phone and share like pretty re- on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But it was a very natural flow, a natural mm-hmm. inspiration yeah. for every time we actually did connect. But even in that for me, there was no sense of, um, I just always felt like open to what, where I felt was going to feel guided or where the connection was going to want to take us because for me also it's about it's it's myself and it's you whoever I'm in connection with and also like the connection itself is it's and I can and it's also about listening to the connection almost as like a third entity mm-hmm. and so it's just so much about listening again yeah. getting back to the art creation and creating a painting or creating any piece of artwork it's the deep listening to actually what's alive and what's true in in every moment and following that flow and and that guidance from within the heart and from within uh the inner being and so i always just felt really open and surrendered to that which for me also brings in a the element where it's on it's an authentic element of to the actual creation of whatever the unfolding is Mm -hmm. Because if I'm putting an agenda on it, if I'm putting this construct, this mental construct of what I want to have happen based on an actual true desire, then I'm noticing that. I notice that it, it doesn't, um, it constrains mm-hmm. the actual flow. So yeah, it's, say, yeah. It, it was for me, I just, I did feel like a naturalness around being in that openness, being in that surrenderness even though we were in like a constant flow of connecting from a natural inspiration. Yeah. Mm. 
I really love that about you. Like uh, one thing I just want to celebrate you for that has just felt such like such a gift for me is that I have never felt like you have ever put me inside of a box of what you want me to be. I have never felt like you have wanted to make me into something for you. Um, And I've always felt more free, like in your presence. You know, you add an element of support to allow me to be even more free and more expressed. And I just really appreciate that about you. Um, And it's obviously due to just the way that you operate in your life, you know, and the way that you've chosen to be in relationship to our relationship. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I also want to add, like, with that, I know pretty early on when we were talking or began to talk, we both stated an intention for connecting. And I think that's such an important element to just life, period. It's like, what's my intention? And really get on, really being in alignment with that to mm-hmm. where then it it creates a space, a foundation for that intention to actually be lived mm-hmm. and not getting so kind of caught up and thrown around with maybe a limiting program that says, no, it should go this way, or I really want this to happen, so then I'm going to start manipulating and doing these weird things so that I get this thing that I want. But if I'm actually authentically connected with my intention, my heart's intention for actually connecting with you or with any with any element of my life, then I feel like it creates the space that opens a pathway for that intention to actually be lived. Mm-hmm. And I felt that in our connection when we first mm-hmm. started, and like I said, it was natural to like, state that when we first started talking like state our intentions yeah and that's that specifically from the space of desiring to live in authentic connection with self and and source radiance and um, beauty and aliveness and what's really true and authentic and creative and joyous and um, beautiful and support the connection you and the connection for that as well in in that space where it's all the same yeah I'd also be curious I want to backtrack a little um, to my experience of the coming together because I think it's a little bit different than yours Um, and I'll start there and then ask the question that I'm feeling Um, for me I actually knew pretty much after that first call. I didn't know before the call. I thought I wasn't sure, like, if we were going to be collaborators or just acquaintances or if we were going to work together in some way or, like, what it was going to be. But after I got off that call, I was feeling really lit up and really connected because I was getting all kinds of, like, images and memories and like recognitions and just like feeling a really deep resonance and I remember texting my best friend and and telling her like I just met my beloved after our first call um and so for me it was like this feeling of instant like instant recognition of you um and what was interesting because I think 
in that, like that would be my share of the story. And I want to kind of reveal some of the tension points mm-hmm. in our, even our coming together process. And this has been threaded even, even now that you're here and you're living here. Um, not a mismatch, but just a difference. And every, everyone's pace is going to be different. Everyone's filters are going to be different. Like no matter how deeply in alignment the partnership is, the whole point of relationship is to reflect back to each other, the parts of ourselves that we're not whole in the parts of ourselves that we're ready to expand in. That's the point of relationship. If a relationship's not doing that, then it's not really in service. It's complete. You know, it can do that through triggers or it can do it through just genuine reflection and support that feels easy, but there's always going to be something to expand into and something that's a little bit uncomfortable, you know, within the relational dynamic on some level. And so one of the original, you know, we, I think we definitely did share the base intention. Um, I, I know for a fact that we shared that base intention, which was for us is just supporting each other and becoming more of ourselves. And to just have the most beautifully created space and integrous space in order for that to happen. Um, But what's interesting in that is part of my process has been looking at, okay, well, what's actually required in order to create that? You know, there's still some level of direction. There's a container. There's a, there's so many things that go into that. Um, And I think that I had a, push for more quicker. Like I wanted, I had a desire for you to pursue me more or like to come out sooner than you did. And, you know, I have this desire to like go all in on the relationship and like commitment and partnership, I think long before it was natural for you. Um, and that definitely caused tension in our connection. I won't go into all the details, but it caused a break in our connection to where we actually didn't talk for a couple months, um, before getting back together. So it's, you know, and I don't really know if you have anything you want to share on that, feel free. And I don't, I don't really know what my, um, you know, the medicine in that for me is just to share that, just because there was a lot of alignment in our connection, it was still really fucking hard. It was still hard. It was still hard. The coming together into union process has been really hard for us. I think it's also been really beautiful and really natural and easy in a lot of ways, but there's been a lot of challenges that we've had to face and a lot of differences in the way that we, you know, perceive things and the way that we want things, you know, even though both of our intentions were aligned, my intention was to be in the highest support to, you know, what I need and what he needs. And his intention was to be in the highest support to what he needs and what I need and our devotion to source that was palpable and clear, but we had different versions of what that looked like. And we butted heads again, you know, around that, you know, there's a lot of things that came up with that. Um, And so, yeah, I guess my point in sharing this is just that, just because there was a lot of alignment doesn't mean that we didn't have our asses handed to us also and have to, and had to be willing to look at where our lines were in terms of how, like, how do we know it is the right choice to come into partnership? Where's the line that I hold for myself and my own standard? And, you know, where is it safe to open my heart again to this person? You know, there were just, there was so much like, uh, 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 uh. 
like coming together and coming apart and coming together and coming apart, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, for me, it was uh, an experience of definitely having, feeling that are have different, I guess, levels or ways of coming into or like relating to each other and in terms of what we, what we desire in terms of or our readiness, I would say, mm-hmm. for it, for the, for that experience, even yeah. in general. And also my intention was also like to really take my time and like really get to know each other or anyone I would, that I would to come into relationship with. That was something that was really important to me mm-hmm. based on, partly based on like past experiences. Yeah. So, so yeah, like on, so basically I feel like our, our internal desires and, in, intentions on that level were not totally in sync, which then created certain well certain like experiences of feelings know. of like okay, sorry. Of, of tension. I think what it was though, it was it was that we could sense that within each other's desire there was also a shadow. Because we shared yeah. we both shared the desire to come into partnership. We both shared the desire to go slow and Mm -hmm. we're there holding the opposite poles of the desire. And I think what triggered us about the other person was that each person could sense that while there was truth in the other person's desire, there was also shadow in in both of us. Like my desire to push for the relationship and to like want more from you quicker. Mm -hmm. And you're, I think, and you can totally rebuttal this if you want, (laughs) but I think that there was also fear and hesitation and a um, safety mechanism in place that, you know, was also, there was an element, there was, yes, there definitely was the element of certain levels of resistance of protecting myself and wanting to make sure also a huge reality to that eight months that from when we first started connecting online and then on the phone was that we hadn't met in person so <laughs> there were so many things that was like, against us oh that was God. like a huge element of like i'm where it didn't necessarily feel natural and also yes there yeah. was that protection mechanism of resistance not wanting to go too far too deep especially i feel like in the, like the mental construct of like relationship or this is my partner like i haven't even met this woman you know and so for me it felt completely unnatural and not in alignment regardless of any resistance to actually like claim that without having actually met in person because based on my experiences of in the past like you know i just know the realities of actually meeting someone in person versus talking on the phone is a completely different totally totally different experience yeah and so that was like a that was part of it too in terms of like yeah. I said the resistance also like yeah. something slow too. Yeah. Like I said though, in that was was like there was light and dark in both of our, our things that were a mismatch with each other. There was light and dark in it. A mismatch and a perfect sides. match at the same time. Yeah, a perfect match yeah. because we were supporting each other in like based on the polarized pieces, you know, there was really deep medicine in us being triggered by the other person, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, we could unravel that for a long time, but I think the point of that being like, again, like we're just here, not because like we're relational experts by any means, 
but I think we have a really profound experience with each other. And I think we also have a really profound love, a really profound love and a really beautiful relationship where we are constantly meeting ourselves and each other with so much fucking love and so much compassion and so much grace and so much tenderness. And our core values lie in, you know, our first and foremost devotion to God and using our relationship to support that devotion. Absolutely. And yeah. relationships are, are, for me, my biggest joy and also my biggest fear. They're terrifying. And coming into relationship is terrifying. Like, oh my God. It's been so, would you agree with that? Like, it's been terrifying in moments. I've definitely to, had, yeah, I've had some, definitely yeah. had, to, had to meet a lot of fears. Yeah. Around it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, yeah, coming into partnership is an, an initiation and so is like, Letting go of a partnership, yeah. both initiations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm. There's just so many. There's just so many directions. I kind of feel like I'm in a mushroom trip right now, where there's just so many directions that we can go in because there's so much to talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, my. Our experience of coming into union was an initiation before we even met each other. So we were connecting. We started connecting in March. We connected for a while, stopped connecting for a couple months, and then started connecting again. It was eight months into the connection before I went out to San Diego. And we met met for the first time. And we had, what, like three days together total? Four days. Four days together total Mm -hmm. that we spent in a hotel room together. Yeah. (laughs) And I I was out there for... A retreat and like a, a, a psilocybin journey and so like I was going through a whole thing and then you know we were coming into connection with each other and seeing if our love translated in person and I think that we were both really not maybe not shocked but pleased with the depth at which it translated right yeah there was yeah. actually yeah totally being open but at the same time like I didn't feel like we had a feeling that there would be some level of of continuation of what we had experienced mm-hmm. on the phone. Yeah. Um, but still being totally present in the moment. Like for me, like that was the only moment. Yeah. You know? So it was, um, it was beautiful to receive the unfolding of our experience that was to happen when we actually came in and met each other. In person. Eight months later. I felt like I was in a relationship yeah. with someone that was like my phone for like eight months and then you were like a human and then I had to <laughs> see if I wanted to fall in love with the human version of you and the human version was amazing is amazing and it was different than some of the things that I built up around the version of you I was in relationship with with my right. phone well I was a lot bigger <laughs> in person no I actually <laughs> I actually thought you would be bigger in well, I know person you anywhere was, but I'm just saying yeah there's a in terms of the um, the me that you were in relationship with mm-hmm. on the phone, <laughs> yes, and I was three dimensional. 
You were three-dimensional. You were warm-bodied. So so there was that. So yeah, it was a whole reorientation. Like the uh, digital version of me and then the actual real, you know, flesh and bone three-dimensional version. Yeah. I like the the three-dimensional version better. Yeah. Yeah. And the other, so the other thing that I want to share, I don't want to spend too much longer on our story. Um, There was another thing in the way of our coming into connection too. Hmm. What was that? I don't know, Michael. What was that? What was that, Milo? Well, it could be many things. I have no idea what you... Oh, really? What's in your mind? Our age difference. Okay, that was one of them, for sure. That was a big one. That that was a big one. I think we were both pretty afraid of. Shocked. Yeah. About. Yeah. Right. Do we want to talk about our age difference? I think we are talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) I've dated... Okay, to preface, like, I got Mm. married at 17 to someone who was 10 years older than me. So, like, dating older was never... It's Mm. not like a... It's not taboo for me. Um, And even when I found out how old you are and how much older you were than I was when we met, um, I... I was shocked, and it was like, wow, okay. He would definitely be the oldest man I've ever dated. I don't think not as shocked as I was. Though. But I was not nearly as dis- – <laughs> you were disturbed. Like, I think <laughs> disturbed because we were already connecting romantically before mm. we talked about how old we were because it just wasn't a question that came up. Like, you know, you knew I was a little bit younger. Right. And I knew younger. that you were a little older, but you don't look 47, almost 48. Mm. There you always is. have to say that. Almost uh, 48, yeah. right? Not yet. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Just, so yeah, okay. It was, yeah. yeah. You're, Michael's over twice my age. So that was something that, and I'm, you know, less than half his age. And so for both of us, something that we had to like sit with and, and feel and, you know, again, I think for me, like one of the things that what I was like constantly like <laughs> communicating with you throughout our whole dating process and over the phone, I was like, I was like, I like I could feel the alignment between the two of us so potently. And I was definitely and there was shadow in this, but I was pushing a lot. I was like, who fucking cares that you live in L.A.? Who fucking cares that you're twice my age? Like, who fucking cares? You know, all of these things. I was like, let's just do it. I was like, that's so me. I'm like, let's just fucking do it. Let's jump in. Let's go. Let's do it. Like, come on. Let's do it. <laughs> What's taking so fucking long? And um, you definitely had, like, a different experience for yourself. Yeah. For I, mean, sure. I think it's just a different sensibility. Yeah. 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 Maybe because yeah. you have a lot more wisdom being twice my age. Honestly, I think too. Yeah, um, I think that has to be. Oh my god! Definitely. Okay, moving on. <laughs> well, <let's> moving on. <laughs> what would question. you say? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm just feeling into what direction we wanted to to take this in. Um, Hmm. one thing I want to share, we're going to get into some questions here in a second that I think are going to feel really good for us. Um, but I want to finish this piece on, you know, as we then transition. So we spent four days together in San Diego and then, then after that you booked a one way ticket to Asheville and you've been here since. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, yeah, and it's been beautiful. It's been really beautiful. And I, I think we've both grown so much in the few months that you've been here. Um, and it's also been really hard in moments again, like it's been really challenging coming into union. And I think that one of the things that we're learning through this partnership specifically is how safe it is to keep opening our hearts, how safe it is with the level of embodiment and devotion to loving ourselves that we individually hold and the way that we show up to our partnership with that. That is the one thing that allows our partnership to be safe. Even when we don't know what the next step is, even if we don't know how to get through a certain trigger, even if we don't know how to like move through a certain thing, that element allows this partnership to be in alignment, so to speak, because of the, you know, the level of of embodiment that we're holding with love. Right. Yeah. And for me, I know there was a lot of challenging patterns that came up for me in our connection that were um, triggered by certain things you would express or ways of being. And Welcome to our studio. And uh, I just knocked so, the light on my body, so okay, yeah. I'm sorry, continue. So that was that was a big part of actually like these this like unfurling or unfolding of you know, experiencing those patterns within myself and the pain of those patterns, like meeting them mm-hmm. and in, in embodying them like fully. Mm-hmm. And then getting to actually, through that experience, through the contrast of, of what I was experiencing of like the uncomfortability, the pain, that sense of like just wanting to separate myself from you and from the connection, which is only me in us already in a space of separation from who I am, from my source, mm-hmm. from my inner being. And then making the shift to focusing coming in a way back to myself yeah um from a space of like again my intention to be in a loving space with myself yeah and to like literally love myself through those pain patterns for the sake of what's for the sake of my own relationship with myself and my life but also in terms of the actual unfolding or evolution of the connection yeah and moments where, you know, like, I just remember it's been, there's been so many moments where I have um, been in, or we have been in a space of shutdown with each other. And then through expressing authentically and openly about what was present, and even in feeling like a, it's like an acceptance, I feel like, mm-hmm. an acceptance of the contraction. Yeah, like, okay, and here's being, where we're fucking at. I know, and being like authentic <laughs> and open about that. Yeah. And out of that authentic meeting and acceptance of, of in a way, the, the limiting or the painful, like, pain pattern, then there's an opening that naturally just happens. That cannot exactly. be planned it cannot be intentioned like it's it's and for me like that's truly is yeah the magic of life it's completely natural and um that has been uh a really crucial i think element to to the unfolding you know where it's beyond 
my thoughts and my mind of what the pain pattern and all the thoughts and narratives and stories that are associated with that pain pattern are coming up and they're running through my mind and through the system. How do you even fix or change the pain pattern, but just the mechanism of bringing love? Right, exactly. And like with that, that core intention that's beyond the mind. Yeah. Because even like, how do like, how do I even know what my core intention is? Like, where does that intention even come from? You know? And so Again, it's just so much about surrendering and opening to presence. The that's, presence of that's presence. It. It's like, so we were we were in this transmission. We always say that we want like a camera team following us around because we have these fucking amazing transmissions that come through our conversations and we're like, oh, we wish we recorded that. We had this conversation around forgiveness and I had this like psychedelic experience of seeing the way like like our definition of love right like we think of it as something but love is all that is it's all of creation it's like loving love is presence they're synonymous the way when you feel god you're feeling love when you're feeling present you're feeling love that's all that's actually happening everything that has the awareness that has awareness to it or has presence to it is love, right? So like you don't, in order to love a part of yourself, you don't have to like love on it, you know, and like talk to it and, you know, like do something to it. It's just your awareness. When your awareness and your presence is on something, you're automatically giving it the gift of love because you're no longer segregating it or is sitting in illusion that it's not a part of you or not, or something that you want to press away and therefore, um, taking away, your own presence from it. The moment that you're aware of the pattern, the moment that you come into awareness of the thing that's playing out, you're already giving it your loving presence. You're already giving it the presence of love, the gift of love. That that in itself is the healing process. And I think that's why we always get into these experiences where it's like, we'll get into we'll get in it, like in it triggered. We've had a couple of fights that were like, thank God no one is watching this, you know. I think every relationship has them, you know, even though our communication is pretty fucking impeccable. And after those fights, like where it feels like there's, you know, we're at the point of no return. When we're in that space of like, just looking at each other and having acceptance of like, okay, this is the pattern I'm in. Okay. This is the thing he's in. There's like this natural, like just desire to be close with ourselves and close with each other. And just this incredible opening that happens. And I think through that process, you know, we don't always get to a point where we fix the thing. But I think through doing that over and over again and allowing those patterns not necessarily to be okay and to give them permission to play out if they're hurting ourselves or the other, but to just accept that they're there and not be resistant towards ourselves or resistant towards the other person. You know, I think because, you know, when the pattern's playing out, you're like, "Mm, I see his thing. I don't like that. Let me just shame him and push him away because he's doing that unconscious thing. You know, if I can just be with that, there's then space for it, for for me to to love you and for you to have a better chance at saying, of, of being in that space of realizing that, oh, maybe that doesn't serve you and vice versa. You know, maybe there's another way to show up to the relationship or maybe there's another way to show up for myself in this. That's at least been my experience, especially with you, because you, there's definitely been some patterns of mine that you are a fuck no to and like, 
have totally wanted to like push away but for the most part when I'm in stuff you're so good at just being neutral and like holding a space for me and staying with me and just like staying with me in it and like looking at me with love and staying present with me and holding the full spectrum of my emotion and then I unravel myself and I see my own pattern I can see my own shit when you're in loving presence with me because there's nowhere else to run there's nowhere else to hide I can see myself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. If I call it the great undoing. Yeah. You know, where it's uh, really being present, in other words, being loving with everything that I'm not. And then in the absence of that, all there is is everything that I am, which is pure presence and like just radiance and all possibilities and literally like the space of what we call love. Mm-hmm. And in that, there's no need to do anything or fix myself or you or there's no desire for even anything to be changed. Mm-hmm. Because then there's also the realization of truly the beauty of it all. And it's not a space to like, again, like come into from like um, a planning or you know, kind of a mental like going into. It's literally something that happens and in those moments where it's uh those dark spaces those what feel like walls like i cannot move through this because it's so intense it's so painful it's so constricting and then if i can only i mean i feel like my only responsibility to myself and to you is to be in that space of acceptance be in that space of allowing that to be that that contraction to be and then like you said it's like the the presence comes in and takes over and moves Mm -hmm. through us and then like in a way the universe gets to expand and we get to experience that expansion of the universe through our bodies through our nervous systems and through the energy of the space of the connection mm-hmm. it's a somatic opening like Absolutely. so much so much of the relational work and like trigger work and healing work people think is so mental like what's right what's the right pattern what's the wrong pattern but it's actually a body-based fucking practice like practicing can i open my body to myself and to my partner when i have resistance to doing it right you know yeah i want to share on what you're just saying, like you're so masterful at that. And I think increasingly masterful at that since we've been in connection, I think you've shared that, like that's actually almost like a new thing in partnership for you to be able to just like hold the ground when I'm in it. Like when I'm having some kind of emotional, I wouldn't say that I have emotional outbursts, but like when I'm in my feminine expression or like emotional spaces, like I think you've shared that you've in this relationship cultivated um, a greater capacity to just be there with me in it. Yes, that's true. Um, and like, I want to use this example because it was so fucking like, Oh, it was so good. It was like healing and orgasmic. Like afterwards I was like, I feel like I just took ecstasy through the process. So the other night we were, we, we were in it and we were going through a thing and I got to a space where I was so 
angry, like more angry than I've ever been in this relationship. Like I was, it felt like old stuff. Like I don't usually feel like that, like old stuff, like that, that pure primal anger of just like wanting to kill something. And in that moment, I like recognized it and I was actually able to, what I want to touch on is that the moment that you can accept the thing in yourself, you give your partner a greater capacity to be there with you. So I was feeling so fucking angry and I, there was parts of me that obviously wanted to turn it over to you and like start, you know, pouring that into you and then parts that wanted to shut down. But I rode that middle line of like, actually I am this angry and that's okay. And I'm not, I'm also not going to go over and throw it up, throw it at him like, you know, too much. And I like, cause I felt like my body viscerally, like holding my center in the depth of how absolutely disturbed and angry and upset I was. And I think you could feel that from me. Like, I think you were able to feel that I had a moment where I actually opened to myself and what you did next, because I think if I would have turned around and thrown it at you, you wouldn't have had the same response. No, absolutely not. No, I, I think you could feel me in it because it wasn't like I, I didn't stuff the anger down. I didn't say, oh, yeah. I'm ang- babe, I'm angry. I'm going to go scream into a pillow. I was just like yelling and like angry. I don't know if I was yelling. Was I yelling? Maybe not. You were, you were expressing intensely. Yeah, I was like intensely yeah. expressing. I wasn't holding that back, but I also wasn't. Like, I could feel in my body I was keeping it contained. I wasn't suppressing it, but I was containing it in myself. And your response to that was to you actually, like, because my anger has been, I think, the emotion you've been most uncomfortable with. Yes. And you had this moment. It was so beautiful where, like, you were like, oh, she's containing her anger. She's not suppressing it, but she's containing it and she's in it. And you felt this also, like, the response in your nervous system to regulate with mine which is to hold the space for me and you just like turned over we were in bed and you like turned over and held me in it and like I could feel you put the container around and that it was safe for me then and then I just let it fucking rip and like you know I took the chance of like saying some things that could have potentially been hurtful but I felt you holding the container and like giving the you know availability for it also at the same time and it was just this I'm sharing this a moment because so much of our healing has come from the moments where we're in a trigger and we think it's so much about the other person and then we stop dead in our tracks to somatically open our body to our own personal experience and actually let it be okay even if there are stories about the other person but like really be in full presence with our own experience like it gives our partner based on you know the science of you know, co-regulation, you know, our bodies being in co-regulation with each other. Um, and also just as a reflection of our own personal hologram, because this is how God and creation works. It gives our partner the option to open to us as well, but it's really hard to ask and to expect our partner to open to our experience. If we haven't opened to it first. Exactly. And for me, like that, is something that yeah it's absolutely true for me in my experience if there's if i'm not holding empathy for myself how can i expect someone else to hold empathy for me and also how can i be actually empathetic to another's needs yeah and really hear 
what they're communicating. Not just listening to the words, but actually really hear what they're needing and through what, whatever words they're using. Mm-hmm. And I want to share like my experience of that night, particularly because I do feel like it was really, it was really potent for me, and I think it's potent to share, in that when the trigger came up, and we reached that point of like it was heightened, and what I did within myself was become silent in order to like regulate my nervous system because I was very activated. I was like really in my um, feeling uh, just really separate from myself and a really strong activation of my own pain body. And so in that space, I knew that I needed to take care of myself. And so I went into a space of, of listening and feeling. And I even expressed that to you as well, even mm-hmm. in that moment. And it was through that experience, and you spoke about it just then, where there was this natural somatic like experience of an unfolding, unraveling within myself, coming like moment to moment to moment into more of a space of like clarity or like a dissolving of that pain body contraction uh, fear that I was in. And mm-hmm. anger. Mm-hmm. And so there was a softening within myself around that. Right. Which, while you were like in your experience and the intensity of that, so and then, <laughs> but it's like I was able to, and I was tracking it in every moment, like what my experience was. And it was uncomfortable. Mm. But at the same time, and this is gets back to what I was saying too about simply being present with whatever is present. And how letting that guide the way, instead of letting the limiting ideas and past like in pain patterns tell me they dictate my actions, mm-hmm. which are for the most part I feel like going to be defensive about self-protecting, preserving myself, and survival essentially. And so by being in that space of presence and listening and feeling, then I was able to shift and actually tend to you mm-hmm. while also still tending to myself it was still uncomfortable mm-hmm. but there was like literally like it's almost like that presence almost like took my hand and placed it onto your back mm-hmm. in that moment and mm-hmm. i know that i would not have been able to i feel like that would not have been available to me if I hadn't taken that time to really just listen and feel and be silent and yeah. like stop the stories, like let them play out in my mind, but not like act them out mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. And just like be quiet and be with the activation of the energy. And uh, it was a powerful like experience for me. And definitely I would say a, a, a new choice, mm. you know, in, in an experience like that. And, um, and then it just continued to soften and soften more and more where then you came in like yielded also to your own shifting of energy mm-hmm. through your expressing of the anger um, and saying what you needed to say and screaming into the pillow and everything. Yeah. Um, and it was then it was after that that then that it just there was a, a coherence I feel like that began to then occur. And become more and more present, yeah. You know, between us, and it doesn't mean to say like you know it was still uncomfortable, 
Um, it's an art. It it's a still, dance. Yeah, I know. Like I said, that wouldn't have been available to me if if you were being indifferent with me. Like you said, if you were actually full on projecting it, taking that fire and putting it to my body. Yeah. Like that wouldn't have been possible. Yeah. So it was a definitely co-created like dance, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you know, an experience and absolutely an art, and it brings you know like back to just really being in the moment and what is. It's almost like, what is that art that's being created? What is it ask, truly asking for in each moment? Yeah. And being truly the vessel for that uh, masterpiece to be created through. Yeah. And that's when, like I said, the ma- magic happens and miraculous experiences. Miracles. Like, I couldn't imagine that. That loving presence creates miracles. Truly, like, and, and specifically out of a situation of, from an energetic dynamic that feels like impossible for a miracle mm-hmm. to come through mm-hmm. and it's not impossible when it's when presence is allowed to really yeah. be present yeah because that's all presence is is a miracle yeah is, is what we are you know is, is being so i've experienced many a time in our shit miraculous healing like moments of miraculous healing through bringing in presence and through bringing in love just that simple right And I feel like an important part of that, I know for me, is like letting go of constructs, you know, like masculine, yeah. feminine, and like even like what I'm supposed to do as a man and all that. Like I'm just personally like not really into I mean, I'm not, I've told you this before many mm-hmm. times, I'm not really into labels and, and like con- mental constructs that I have to then live within. It just feels like um, there's definitely a channeling, you know, through certain containers but i for the most part find the um kind of masculine feminine contract kind of uh conversations to be really limiting personally yeah and you know because like because i'm a man then i'm i'm to act a certain way and i'm to embody this thing and it's like yes to a certain degree and at the same time it's it's so beyond that. Same thing for for women, you know. It's yeah, like, you I know, think it's like realities to energetic pulls and all that, yeah. you know. It's, but I just feel like you know, in the, in experiences like what we just shared, that again, it's really just simply about like being present with mm-hmm. what what the heart, regardless of whether it's in a woman's body or man's body, what that heart is actually desiring mm-hmm. to experience. Yeah, yeah. And no, I feel you. And, it's and like, actually to express. Like when you are, and and this is kind of what I wanted to bring in as we start to wrap this up. This is what I wanted to bring in in terms of um, deconstructing. Like on the opposite end, I love the polarity work. I love the conversations around masculine, and feminine, and like that's been so helpful for me in so many ways. And I also hold your stance with it too, because I know that if I lean into my higher self and I ask what wants to move through me in this now, the embodiment of my true self is natural. And I don't need to go abide by a rule book for what a feminine woman looks like or what a masculine man looks like, or like, you know, that's just not, and this is something that I've actually come to terms with this year because I've been trying to figure that out. And I've gone through a lot of heartache, you know, before, before we met, I met, I went through some degree of heartache when we stopped talking, but before we met, I went and had a really massive 
fucking heartbreak and like grief. And this year I've been like, Jesus, like what's wrong with me? You know, like I need to be in polarity training and like relational training and, you know, looking into a lot of the relational work, which has been so fucking helpful in so many ways. And there's a shadow side to it where we can on some levels use it to just put more binding rules to how things should look. And it can actually begin to hinder the expression of love that wants to move through in this now. But I'm not going to write all of it off because you haven't known this because I haven't really brought it in as much, but there have been a lot of, um, specifically by people like Alison Armstrong, like texts that I've been reading that I've actually allowed our relationship to transform based on how I'm showing up with a, mm-hmm. with an understanding of like a men's psychology and, and feminine mm-hmm. psychology and yeah. like what our needs are. So I think it has value. Um, but I also agree with what you're saying at the same time. Definitely. Yeah. 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 It's all valid. Of course. Yeah. so i'd love to just briefly transition into some of the questions that we got because you guys asked some epic questions for us to answer on this podcast and i feel like we spoke to a lot of them um kind of brief there's just we could literally be going for hours like in hours and hours and hours um I think I should do a whole podcast just on dating and, you know, being a woman and opening up your magnetic field to dating and partnership. Mm. Um, but that's for another time. So let's look at some of these questions here. So I think this is a good one. This one is a question. How did I bring up, wait, how did I bring up and grow from my divorce and how do we talk about past relationships? So, I don't know that I really want to touch on my, my marriage so much, um, in this podcast, but more so focus on the question of like, how do we talk about past relationships? Um, I feel like I definitely talk about them more than you do, but I think that they're really valuable. Like for me, you bringing up, I don't know, I I guess I've never asked you, how do you feel about the frequency in which I reference past relationships? Um, I don't really mind it actually. Really? I, uh, well, I feel like every time you brought it up, it's been relevant to the here and now mm-hmm. and what we're experiencing. Yeah. So in that way, I, I trust your your desire and need to share mm-hmm. that. And it doesn't, I don't feel a lot of resistance around it. Around it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I have as well, to a certain degree, not as much as you have, um, but I do see, like, even within my own self, when I reflect on past relationships related to this one, you know, there's, to some degree there, I find it supportive. Yeah, I mean, if, especially if we're noticing patterns. Like, well, if we're experiencing the same thing in one relationship that we were in a past relationship, I'm going to guarantee that it doesn't have to do with the other person, and it has to do with ourselves. So it's valuable. Yeah, it never does, really. But yeah. Yeah, it's valuable also in terms of, like, okay, well, again, what's the intention of the, the connection, right? Like, to be supportive. Mm-hmm. So, like, to know, to learn what your needs are, for you to learn what mm-hmm. my needs are, where my trigger points are, and then using, like, past relationships in a way and what we've, the lessons we've learned from those experiences, mm-hmm. bringing them into now, sharing them with each other, so that we, even both of us have, both of us have, like, a, a greater spectrum of understanding of what's alive in right. each other to actually 
learn about each other to then be able to be able to support to hold it. Yes, exactly. And so I feel like in that for that reason, it's you know it can be very supportive information for both of us to reveal right. each other. And there's a there's definitely a line to it, but I love that you brought that specific point in because I do remember, and I'm going to reference in this moment of past relationship when I was entering my uh, last long term serious relationship. God bless his heart. I, I love him very much. He's a very good partner, but he did have a resistance in the beginning. Um, I brought up the relationship before that where I was cheated on constantly. I mean, like abused, lied to, cheated on. Um, And I would bring up that partnership and he had a a resistance to it, um, which eventually faded because there was a realization that me sharing my pain was me going through the healing process. And it's important, you know, and there's a line, you have to find where your line is with this, but it's we can't expect our to find a healed partner, like a fully healed partner, a fully initiated partner. Like there's so much talk around, like, you know, this is what the, this man looks like, you know, and and blah, blah, blah. And of course there's standards. You want to call in a match to what you want to cultivate and call yourself into hold those standards fiercely. I'll do a different podcast on that. Um, but at the same time, like you've got to know that your wounds and triggers are going to be present as are, is your partners. And I think one of the responsibilities that you take on entering partnership is a commitment to fucking love your partner in their pain. Like to really love your, if you cannot love your partner in the pain that they're in or what they're experiencing, then you have no business being in that relationship. And so I think bringing up past relationships, you know, in a tasteful way is something that we get to be open to so that we can under really understand what their filter is so that we can have more compassion for when their trigger comes up. Exactly. You know, like you might be able to have a compassion for me with a trigger. Let's say, you know, I was experiencing jealousy with you and another woman. You might have more compassion for me knowing that I've had a really abusive relationship in the past where I was constantly cheated on. So whereas maybe you didn't have that. And so knowing that about me and being me being able to express in the moments that I'm feeling the pain and the trigger, like it's just really helpful. It's extremely helpful and absolutely transformative. I've known I've experienced that in myself in, in this connection with you. Yeah. Where you sharing and opening up to me a pain beyond the anger, beneath the anger, beneath any frustration. It was like then I get to be witness to and I get to receive your little girl and her pain. Yeah. And in that, there's only love to give. Yeah. And understanding and compassion to invoke and to embody. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it's, you know, without the barriers of, you know, anger, and not to say that it's not valid, but there's, um, they are protection layers I feel like yeah and so the fact that you were able to reveal that to me um has been like deeply has deeply affected me and deeply touched me mm-hmm. and I feel like it really transformed me specifically because as you mentioned before one of my biggest resents resentments and resistances has been towards your anger and frustration towards me and so being able to like peer through that, you allowing me to peer through mm-hmm. that and revealing what's beneath that, 
vital. It's invaluable. It's totally vital. Vital, yeah. And that's, I feel like you're touching on an even deeper core thing. And I, I want to just like leave it at this and then we'll do part two podcasts. Fuck, we can go for three hours. This is the conversation of masculine and feminine polarity. And I think it's so cute that you like don't like to be in the labels of it. Because you are literally the embodiment of like the divine masculine. Like, like it's just it's just hilarious to me. And the patterns that we play out are the shadows of that too. Like really realizing that the core shadow for the feminine is my endless need and desire for love and the things that can come up when I'm not in right relationship with that. And, you know, the masculine's need and desire to always be enough, you know, no matter how I'm feeling, no matter what's going on for him to be enough and know that he's enough um, and feel his value and his worth and his, you know, all the things that come with that, his ability to provide and protect and like, you know, be enough for me and like all the things. Um, What you just spoke to, I feel like was also a deeper look into the moments where I'm not realizing that my need for like my desire endless desire for love is coming up and you being able to peer through like why I'm angry with you or why I'm this and just realizing that oh I'm hurt because I'm literally not holding myself in that and like I really need love um god there have been so many fucking beautiful moments of alchemy where we have I think that there's also a misconception in the space too that we should never be interacting with each other's little ones with our inner child, you know, that if, oh, if his little boy is coming out or her little girl is coming out, that we should shame her for acting, shame them from acting from the space of the child. But I just don't think it's realistic to never expect your partner to act from that place. Like, that's just what's happening. It's like expecting yourself to never act from from that space, whether you're not even in a relationship. Right. And of course you don't. And again, there's always lines to this. You don't want those parts running the relationship. Absolutely not. But we've also had parts in our relationship where our children have been running the show. And then we realize for moments we're like, oh, shit. Like my hurt little one has been running the show here. And yeah, and that's, I feel like also that's where the gift and the beauty of awareness comes in because when that, my little one comes up and my little boy is hurt and angry and feeling so like scared mm-hmm. and that energy comes up in such a big way within my system, within my body. Thank God that he's let me know and yeah. giving me that information, that message so then I can go tend to him and I can parent him and give him exactly what he needs. A lot of the times, for me, it has been about speaking the truth of what I feel and like a boundary around it, or like actually what's actually true in me, not what like you were perceiving is true in me, but no, this is actually what's actually true mm-hmm. for me. And literally like letting that little boy actually speak, and it's intense, and at the same time, it's like, Again, it's that compassion, it's the presence piece. So yes, we don't want them to run the show, but it's like it's imperative to give them the space to speak and be felt through our bodies, through our nervous systems, so that we can give them the love that they need. Not tell them we are creating a reality, not psychoanalyze them, but just fully be present mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. And so that, like, I feel like is the gift of, of them coming up. Yeah. 
And then the completion of that question. We're also both, I don't know how close you are with yours, but we're also both still friends with our exes as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I have, I think you have a pretty, I don't know what your relationship is like with your most recent partner, but I know that you guys still communicate once in a while. Once in a while. Yeah. yeah. And I'm definitely still, I don't communicate with him all the time, but I'm definitely still quite you know, energetically, emotionally close in the field with my ex, just because it's, you know, just because you're not lovers anymore doesn't mean that you don't still care for each other, you know, right. and love each other. So, yeah, that's our opinion on exes. Anything else you want to say about that? Nope. Okay. Um, I'm going to pick maybe one or two because we have quite a few. How do we focus on work without getting consumed by each other's yumminess? <laughs> it's really hard, actually. <laughs> I think it's harder for me. Uh, I mean, I have my, I have my moments. But, I have your moments. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. I don't know. Like, there's... Mm, I would say that I distracted myself just as often when you were not here, just in different ways. Um, no, I actually think that like having you here has provided to my energetic integrity with my work, to be honest. I think because for me, before you were here, I was really fucking lonely. Like I was feeling, I was alone for a long while. Um, really not getting the depth of human connection that I needed. And I was really desiring partnership and, and like emotional, support in that way and um even though I'm really great at being alone and I love being alone I was just getting to a point where I felt like I was starting to get sick because I was always alone I've been living alone for so fucking long and so I think that actually having you here has provided to my health has provided to my creativity and also to my focus on my work um but I think I mean what would you would you give if you had to give us a rating on a scale of one to ten on how good we are with our schedules? <laughs> I would give us a four. Some days, an eight. Other days, <laughs> it's been an adjustment. I feel yeah, like, you know, especially because we're me, not like, coming into coming into the connection and you know living with each other. Yeah, yeah. Just based on the space and everything, you know, it's been a journey. We're just like, used to our own navigating. little flow. Absolutely, for long. We're used to like being like, this is my flow, and da da da. And so there's just definitely been a navigation around, you know, working around someone else and then or with our, someone else. And having boundaries for our time and for mm-hmm. what we need to do. And yeah. Then desire for connection. And it's a constant journey and navigation. But you love it when I distract you during the day, right? It's cute. It's cute. <laughs> it's cute until it's not cute. Well, you're cute about it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Do you want to answer this one? Okay. Found the one question mark. How do you know? I always have trouble feeling there's someone better. I definitely have felt this many times in our relationship. And yeah, yeah. Um, I felt it in every relationship and I think it comes down to our, I think it's a, a skill to be in full devotion to what we're choosing. Right. 
I think we, we didn't hit on the polyamory monogamy thing. Um, there's a practice, whether it's with your partner, with your job, with the clothes you chose that morning. If you're going to fucking choose something, choose it. You know, don't, not don't question it, but if you're allowing that question to take away 10, 20, 30% of your presence from the relationship or from the choice that you're making, then, then you make a different choice, you know, like make the choice that you feel is in the highest and best alignment and then show up fully. That was actually something that came up in our relationship where I felt like I was choosing the relationship halfway because I was so scared that it was the wrong relationship in the beginning when we first, when we first moved in together, I was like so afraid that because of all of our triggers and all of our shit that was coming up, I was like, Oh, I'm in the wrong relationship. And I was scared to fully go in. And so I had to make a choice either to stop choosing you or to make a commitment. And I literally put a 30 day journey on my calendar and made a commitment to choose him fully for 30, just for 30 days. And then if after 30 days, if we wanted to break up, like, have we reached that 30 days? Yes, we have. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, we have. <laughs> <laughs> we have. Um, then we can break up, you know? And that was such a powerful practice for me because I don't even know what to say on it. It's like. Well, it's like, I mean, I feel like it really speaks to, you know, this idea of the one, right? It's like. It's like everyone is the one. Anyone, whoever's in front of you is the one. Yeah. And that speaks to, yeah, then being fully, like, with that one. Yep. And then they're the one. Because they're the one you're with. Mm-hmm. They're choosing to be with. Mm-hmm. And so then everything that is contained within that experience with that one gets to be, like, the beautiful, miraculous unfolding of life that's happening through us. Mm-hmm. Through the container of the connection. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, for me, it's been a journey because, I mean, we, I came here after we had only spent four days with each other. So there was, some there was a lot days. of questions. There was a lot of like, <laughs> um, sorry, I just got a flashback to those four days. They were so good. They were so good. There was, okay. uh, yeah, there was a lot of newness. And so a lot to just, there's a lot to discover. Yeah. You know, so just on the practical level, like getting to know, you know, each other after not having really any physical experience with each other was a big, um, you know, it was a big experience specifically like being in the same space too. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot to take on. So it's been a journey of like <laughs> clarifying and landing in that choice. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, I'm going to I'm here, right? Through all the resistances and protection mechanisms and pay patterns, and we both you know, had. I think we've. I think it's safe to say that we've both had a lot of fucking fear around loving. We've had a lot of fear around commitment, even in my spaces of saying that I want to go all in with you and pushing for the relationship to go faster than you wanted. I think we both came into this relationship with a pretty heavy duty amount of fear to be in it. I would say it's true for me, yeah. No fears around just coming into partnership. Yeah. And I think I mentioned this in the beginning that um, 
something that I've gained so potently from this relationship is that it's safe to love. Mm-hmm. It's safe to love. I think there's a lot of cleanup work, cleanup damage work to do from past relationships for both of us. Um, and it's just this reminder that I can trust this current now embodiment and who I'm choosing to love in this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. One more question and then we'll wrap up. Okay, this one. Okay, actually, two more, and these will be quick. Do you have agreements, sexual exclusivity in your relationship? Yes. Tell me more. The agreement is we're going to be sex- we're sexually exclusive. Yeah, we are sexually <laughs> we're sexually exclusive. So you, if you guys, I feel like you guys have, if you're listening to this, you've been following me, um, and I think I shared at the beginning of this podcast. Like I've moved through, I've been married before, I've you know been like a serial monogamous, and then I went all the way over to the other spectrum because it's like cool in the conscious community to grow through the path of freedom and sovereignty. I'm, I'm like making fun of it right now, and I just want so you to know that if you are polyamorous. I actually totally fucking support that and I get it. And I think it's a really beautiful and potent path if it has true resonance with you. Um, But I went through that and I'm now on the other side as well of realizing actually the thing that feels most like freedom to me is using my freedom of choice to fully choose someone and devote myself to them. There's so many reasons why, why that feels true for me. um, In terms of what I think you get out of a fully devoted relationship and, you know, messages I've gotten from my womb and my womb not wanting to share sexual energy with multiple people at one time, like so many different things. Um, but monogamy is definitely 100% the way for me. But that being said as well, we have so much openness in our connection. So like if one of us was experiencing an attraction to someone else or like something came up, like we're available for the conversation. There's not a bunch of unconscious rules that come with the monogamy piece. Right. And I think that's a really good point to make in terms of like, yeah, there's not like rules and constructs and a strictness based on fear. Right. And being open and honest about the reality of attractions is essential. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, being open about anything that may be present for either one of us. And yeah. having feeling having the safety and the connection to be able to, like, bring that and mm-hmm. share that. Mm-hmm. And then move through whatever that, whatever arises through that experience. Yeah. Anything you want to say on sexual exclusivity agreements? I think our agreements, like, we haven't laid out our agreements because we're not in a poly relationship where we really, like, need, like, yeah, strict it's like agreements. Yeah, it's not like it's a re- it's list like, or anything like that. Yeah, it's but just... if it feels, like, wrong in our bodies, then we're probably going outside of the bounds of our energetic agreement with each other. Right. You know? I mean, I feel like for me, yeah, it's, I don't even feel, like, a hard sense of it necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's, like, there's just an understanding. Yeah. And it feels very, um, I don't know, for me, yeah, the elements of, like, fluidity is really important. Yeah. So it's well, like, I think to me, it feels 
you know, free or you to feel free to come to me right. and share with me an experience that you've had with a man, you know, or something. This actually happened. I, I know, forgot. Kind of I for- thinking of yeah, this actually happened not that long ago. Right. And is um, it's such a gift, you know, for the person, for the other person, you know, it, like to just to be able to just, for me, like be free and open about what's a lot. Yeah. Or what, yeah, what's, what's true. Yeah. yeah. And so, Beautiful. yeah, at the same time, there's, you know, there's an agreement of a specific container mm-hmm. around sexual, uh, sharing ourselves sexually. Mm-hmm. Another thing on that note, so I feel like this is going to be our entryway to transition. Um, even though that our core value is devotion, and not even though, but because our core value is devotion and... Well, I also want to speak to like, you know, speak to what that devotion actually is. Exactly. So the core value being devotion and we are in a monogamous relationship, I think our audience would find it interesting, the recent choice that we've, you know, made, which is open to change, by the way. If this doesn't happen, it's because something in the moment changed. But our recent choice... Um, as of this week to I don't know how would you put it like well I feel like it's a, to take um, space what to take yeah to take to take space and there's also certain truths alive in us you know yeah. that are that we feel called to experience and that yeah. goes along with the, the you know taking space yeah and, and if, again the, it comes down to the freedom aspect the, the element of freedom yeah even in a connection even in an intimate connection an intimate devoted connection where there's a lot of love right because the thing is for me like the devotion is to myself mm-hmm. first and foremost what's alive in me what's alive in my heart what's true for my for myself for my energy and then also to the connection as well because it's a yeah. It's like, you know, okay. the container of like what we're choosing in that specifically. Yeah. And so like they both get to thrive. I feel like they both get to to happen and to be lived. I feel like that's what we all as human beings, I feel like, are here for. Mm-hmm. You can have the experience of intimacy and closeness and expansion. At the same time. At the same time. And who knows what that is going to look like in any moment. Mm-hmm. And being open and available for what, how... The element of our energies and inner beings are guiding us is absolutely crucial. Yeah. And I feel like actually opens and allows even more intimacy and closeness yeah. to be present. Yes, I agree with you. You just went on a whole tangent before they don't even they're like, but what are you guys talking about? What do you mean take space? I feel like we need to share like the actual what that looks like. What is it like what's actually happening? We just went like deep into the rabbit hole of the medicine. Well, they get it. Yeah. So we basically decided, like, you know, I think we met a new... We're constantly asking, like Michael says, like, being in the listening to the now moment and how things want to evolve. And ultimately, how we need to personally evolve is equal to the way that the relationship is wanting to evolve. Um, A delicate dance in art to that that recognition. Again, more art. Um... But we, there's another edge of, like, if 
not if we're going to move forward, but in this next expression that we're feeling is a potential of our relationship of another level of devotion. And like, you know, it would probably look like getting a home together and, you know, solidifying in our foundations of our relationship even more. There are actually some things that need to shift on a personal level for both of us. Right. Um, and in order for that, in order for that to to go to that next level of creation. Yeah. Um, and so we're feeling this shedding that needs to happen, this dying that needs to happen. And I would say it's maybe true for both. It's like so intimate. True for both of us that there's definitely a desire to come back together afterwards. Um, but this deep knowing that there needs to be time apart. Um, and... God, I just love you so much because if it were opposite, if it were the opposite, if you came to me around this, I'd definitely be really, I'm more anxious. I'm more anxiously attached. Um, and so I have a really hard time like not being with my partner. Um, but I came to Michael and I was like, Hey, look, like I didn't ask him. I didn't even like talk about it with him. I was like, I'm putting in my notice for the apartment and I'm, I'm out. Like I'm, in I'm, a out. Month. I'm out in a month. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> Oh, and also I'm going to be going traveling, and um, I think we need to take space, pretty much. Was exactly like, that. <laughs> and that's definitely not the first time, maybe not to that degree, but that's not the first time that I came to you with something of like, hey, I really want to do this. And your immediate response to me is always like, like I mean, you had a desire to ground and land and talk about it and be together in it and to open to it together, but your immediate response to me is always like, a full fuck yes to what you genuinely feel is in my highest alignment for my heart and my spirit. A full fuck yes. Like in my, I've had to make some challenging decisions during our connection. And like every time I meet one of those decisions, I know that I can trust you. Even if it's about you, like I know that I can trust you to say like, Michael, I need your feedback on this. I need your support with this because there's no murkiness in your reflections towards me in terms of choosing what's right for my heart and choosing what's right for my spirit based on what you want or what you want to see unfold or what you want to happen. Um, and like that for me ultimately is like what, that's what makes this work, you know? And we don't know, like we, we don't know what's going to happen from our time apart you know, my plan is to go traveling for a while. Um, and there are some things that I want to do. And then I think come back to Asheville and get a house. Um, we haven't really grounded in the details yet. This is a new, a new thing that's coming forward. Um, but again, it's that willingness of like, if we really love each other, if what we're saying, like this has required me to let go of a false sense of comfort of love because I so could have so easily overridden my heart's whisper to travel and to do this and to take time apart. And I very easily could have maniggled my way and, you know, tried to stay safe and comfortable and, you know, keep the apartment and keep us here and not lose you and like not put us in that situation. But really truly evolving in love and really being able to meet each other in a space of like, like true love. We have to be willing to let it go. Like we have to be willing to die. We have to be willing to risk it so that we can evolve. And then from there, does the relationship still stand? And I've had a 
last thing I'll say about this is I've had such a pain around that for so long because it's like, oh, why do I have to go through this again? Why do I have to go through it again? Like, I'm tired of the transformational stuff. I'm tired of dying. I'm tired of being reborn. And, like, I think where I stand right now, y'all, is, like, that it's never going to stop no matter how much you want it to stop. It's never going to stop. It's always going to be heartbreaking. It doesn't have to be devastating, but it always is going to be heartbreaking. And there are always going to be new layers of expansion and edges and heartbreak and opening and surrendering and death and like trans like that's what we're doing and it never it just keeps going I think this year I tried to make that stop by gripping onto my home and gripping onto my business and gripping onto an idea that of a relationship that I wanted as well like I want marriage I want this I want that and of course, I'm getting the reminder through our relationship that actually what I really want is like full immersion to live the life that I, I live when I'm connected to my spirit. Yeah. That's what I really want. It's nothing like it. <laughs> it's the only game in town, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot. Anything you want to share on that? Ah. <sighs> I was able to, to receive you in that, Sharon. I'm so... Feel it deeply. I'm so great. And for me, that is... And I'm a great so grateful for you and your... What you <clears throat> embody, specifically in that intention and that deep value that you hold around that listening and living the actual true life that source desires to live through you. And then the deep listening, the devotion to that listening. It's something that I also deeply value. And so that's, that's where really life gets to happen and unfold. That's where I feel like where the magic is, you know? And of course, yes, the, meant the personality contract wants to be safe and wants to have all the knowns and, you know, the um, predictions of future and projections and all that. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, and at the same time, it's like, I know what my true self wants is just full-on, radiant life, possibilities, magic, beauty, co-creation, you know, at its most alive fullness. And that's just most fun. Like, that's just, you know, really what it comes down to. It's like... What's my highest joy in this moment? Mm-hmm. And it may not be, <laughs> you know, some parts of my personality might not feel that's my highest joy. Yeah. You know, um, or it may just be uncomfortable for certain parts of myself. But yeah, that's why I just saw um, always the deep listening is, is such a uh, beautiful um, way, you know, in a crucial way, I feel like, of being with self and being with life the willingness to die that's like I feel like that's my whole fucking life like am I willing to die again am I willing to die again am I willing to die again yeah and and knowing that there's only life and more life on the other side of that like and even in in the experience of the death (laughs) there's life itself exactly (laughs) you know like there truly is no death, really, even in the death process. So, 
the last thing I'll say on that. No, I'm going to wrap. I'm going to I'm going to leave it. Yeah, I'm going to drop that. We could go forever. Okay, this is our finishing question to say goodbye. Super quick one. What's y'all's favorite memory together? And and how do you find harmony with union and sovereignty? Um, let's let's answer the first part of the question. What's y'all's favorite memory together? Hmm. Hmm. Well, actually, what's present for me, what's coming up for me now, is what we experienced just a few days ago. Yeah. Surrendering the rose petals into the river, watching them flow down with the current, and then walking along the pathway as we were leaving the forest, and seeing the rose petals flowing down the river Mm. after having completely forgotten that we even did that. Yeah, and it and was like a long way later. And yeah. seeing like as far as we could see down the river, those rose petals like floating and just being like danced by the river itself. And it was that so beautiful. beauty of that recognition mm-hmm. and sharing that with you, like that was, it, it deeply touched my heart. It was beautiful. So that's what comes up for me to share this yeah. moment. A beautiful synchronistic moment. It really was. Yeah. Um, God, there's so many. What comes what comes alive for me are all the memories that I have of you standing for my heart. In ways that I've never experienced before with a man. I know it's a reflection of my own embodiment and there have been so many moments and thinking all the moments on the phone, like when we were connecting, I was in a, I was doing well. Like, it's not like I wasn't functioning or like doing the thing, but there were also aspects of me that were in a really dark place in 2020. Like parts of me that were witnessing what was going on in the collective and I didn't want to be here. Like, I I did not want to be on the planet. I didn't want to be here. I was tired of being alone. I was tired of fucking human bullshit and the stupidity. Like, I was over it. And I hit some really dark moments. And there are so many times on the phone that you have met me in my darkest places and were not moved, like, not, not moved, but not shaken by them at all. And so many moments in our healing process now and that we're, you know, together where you've just stood for my heart. Those are the, the memories that I feel alive in this moment that just feel like permeated in my brain. I love you. Okay. So I think that wraps up our share today three hours in (laughs) like I was like we only need 60 minutes like okay um and I think we all are we're definitely gonna probably need to do this again um at some point for sure we'll be in the listening for that and yeah I think we just want to say thank you and um I think my closing message is just that Love, like, love always wins. 
And so just keep asking your heart, like, if I let love create this moment, how would that look? Whether it's with yourself or with another person. And I would add to that, having the courage to love yourself. Especially when it feels impossible. (laughs) And the knowing that you are infinitely worthy of the love that you are and experiencing it and receiving it and expressing it. Okay, so I just want to briefly ask Michael to just share a bit about one where people can find you. Um, and specifically, I mean, you can find him, purchase his art, purchase prints, like all these like epic things that I highly suggest you go check out. But there's one offering particularly that I feel um, might be in really deep resonance with my community that, um, you know, if, if it's for you, you'll know it for you and you'll feel the resonance in your body. But I'd love to, for you to just share a little about your work and all the things. Yeah, as I, as I briefly shared in the beginning, um, my work is all about expressing the beauty and the power of you. The collective name for my work is Visions of Origin, as we are the embodiment of the origin source of our beings. And so the paintings all come from that energy, from that vibration, and that's my intention to express in the most impactful way that I possibly can that presence and that force and that power and that beauty as a reflection. for everyone. And so my website where all my paintings are displayed is michaelaubrey.com. I'll put it in the show notes, you guys. Yeah. And um, my Instagram is michaelaubreyart. And specifically the offering that uh, Adina was speaking to is an offering that is named Radiance Portrait. And that is a commissioned painting where I tune into one's energy and create essentially a portrait of their own unique radiance to be of support for what they're calling through in their life and what's alive for them to create and to embody. And so essentially, you know, and that's on, in a paint, mm-hmm. in a form of a painting um, yeah. by a 12 by 12 canvas and so it's also where's mine i want one <laughs> wait a second wait a second rewind i would like one of these so basically that looks like you know you connecting with someone and and getting clear on the frequency of what they're bringing forward yeah essentially yeah. you know what it looks like specifically yeah getting on a 15 minute phone call and um hearing and listening to actually what's most alive yeah. for them and what they're actually the intention behind creating the painting yeah. And so then I go into uh, basically receive a vision and an energetic imprint that I then imbue onto the painting um, as a way of being support and holding a space really for for that energy, for that creation of what the person's wanting to you know, get in touch with or bring through in their life in some way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so. So epic. <laughs> so epic. You guys, I just want to. I just want to like boast this one up like so much right now. His work, like Dr. Joe Dispenza uses his work. Like I'm just going to drop it. I just like, it's so good you guys. So please go check it out. And um, yeah, Michael, thank you. 
thank you for being here. Mm, thank you. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's session with Michael and I. We had a lot of fun recording this and um, really experienced a, a deepening and a sense of fulfillment through the creation of this podcast. So thank you for receiving it. Thank you for being here with us. And thank you for all the ways that you are already choosing to show up in love in your life. If you are a woman specifically that's looking to deepen in your experience of self-love and some of the things that we spoke to on today's podcast, an incredible place to start is Inside the Rose Code Collective that I mentioned at the beginning of this show, um, our online temple, mystery school, and community for awakening female leaders. We dive into all things embodiment, um, you know, really being an embodiment of love, an embodiment of our higher selves, sacred sensuality, sexuality practices and all of those things have been of big use in my relationship and everything we just shared here today. So if you're interested in learning more about how you can be a part of that community, go ahead and visit the link in the show notes. We would love to see you there. And also... It would be amazing if you guys could rate and review the show on iTunes. That is definitely going to be a big um, help. If you want to share it on your Instagram stories, maybe give us a little shout out, give me a little shout out. That would be amazing and just help more people get access to this expression of art to the show. That would feel really good and it would mean a lot. Um, and if you have any requests on what you'd like me to jam on or any people that you want to interview me, you can absolutely send me a message on the social medias. Would love to hear from you, receive from you. Um, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Heaven on Earth podcast. I love you guys. Mwah.